We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kind of dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls, and talk some D&D with the Cave Trolls. Too bad it's recording. Hello and welcome to the Cave Trolls podcast. That warning's also for you. If you came here looking for the riveting, hard-hitting news, <laughs> turn this off. That's not what this is. We talk about D&D. We roll the dice and say, hey, look what other new dice they sell today. So if you were wondering what uh, new games you can go and play, that's this podcast. If you want to go watch CNN or something, I think Bloomberg covers some D&D news. Um, sometimes they cover video games as well. They got Jason Schreier over there, but that's not this place. Here we talk about, you know, uh, when Watsky, if you don't know, WOTC, Wizards of the Coast, is being racist. That's the main topic for this week. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's most days. Uh, <laughs> so uh, without further ado, I'm your host, Terry Smith, and with me today I have Char. Oh. And I have Lissa. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that Liz wow. is the most chipper out of us. That's usually not the case. Uh, not like, a good sign. It's not. It's, it definitely puts me on the back foot a little bit. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, how does the insomniac European person uh, like have more energy than me? I don't understand. I know you said you don't identify as European, but help us out. We're dumb Americans. What do you identify as then? Uh, a homebody. Oh, I like it. I like it um but where is the home and if you say it's where the heart is i'm going to turn the podcast off i'm gonna be honest it is where my laptop is <laughs> that is the Good most answer. honest answer yeah that's going 50 points on the board uh <laughs> jumping into the games and supplements corner this week we have a couple of new games uh a new statue that Lisa wanted to talk about first up is dead belt tabletop rpg for space cowboys uh is there any cooler sentence than that no there is not um it was funded in under an hour uh from what i understand which is pretty dope and uh we like talking about solo rpgs on this podcast this is a solo rpg that can be played co-op um or versus so you can play with other players it's got a lot of the other uh solo rpg mainstays you have a d6 dice dc system but you also have uh um a deck of cards to help like random encounters pop up and moving your way through encounters. I don't know how it works in a versus type element for the co-op stuff. It's kind of like when you play a deck building game, um, you lay and you have a river of different events happening. So, uh, it's really cool when it comes to the aesthetic dead belt, uh, again, space cowboys, you can't say it any other way. Uh, you got, uh, gunslingers in space, so, uh, that wizard comes from the moon, but so does the cowboy. Uh, do you two have any interest in Dead Belt? I like space cowboys. I just like the saying <laughs> space cowboys. I like, I mean, I like the, again, I always say this, like, I like the aesthetic, I love the art. <laughs> You're a broken record. And I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically a broken record. Because I haven't played solo RPGs yet, so I'm not, like, super gung-ho about trying all of them. Like, I haven't even dipped my toe in yet, so it's hard for me to be like, yeah! <laughs> Do it, you coward! It uh, effort, you know? It's like the least amount of effort that you don't have to talk to anybody. That's why I like them so much. I'm like, oh, I get to do the D&D &D with no one around. I love it. <laughs> sure. 
It's like playing video games. Lissa, I know you give somewhat of a shit since you sent me this story. I mean, I okay, so I've been on Twitter, on the Cave Trolls Twitter, and I've seen multiple people mentioning this and being super hyped about it. And so I have to be somewhat intrigued. <laughs> and I mean, the the person that I found it from uh, on Twitter, uh, their account handle is at Navi Musing. Uh, says it so she writes ready for the most fun you'll ever have you'll ever have dying alone in space for capitalism is that is that one of the creators because the two creators are sean drake and navi drake yeah yeah okay. that's navi drake okay so she uh, she would know right yeah, yeah yeah join the skillful and desperate scavengers picking over the remains of junked starships in hopes of a juicy payday <laughs> i i love the idea juicy. behind it and i love the idea that they're kind of combining a solo rpg but you can also play it co-op they're a couple uh they're a married couple that designers uh so that's just something like me and my wife try to do like we've done some one-on-one D, but the idea that this kind of facilitates both because let's be honest, most of the time it's me playing something and then I go, hey, please play this with me. Don't you love me? And she goes, yeah, kinda. And she'll play it for a little bit, so. Excited for it. I, I want to see what it's about. Because it reminds me of, what was that show? The Expanse? Yeah, yeah, it's got a little bit of Which those Which I vibes. was super hyped about. Firefly is another one. That. Yeah. Yeah, very Firefly. Are you yeah. excited about the yeah, Expanse yeah. RPG, Lissa? I mean, wait, it, this one gives me the Expanse vibe, okay, so I'm okay. also excited about this one. But uh, should I send you the information on the Expanse uh, RPG? If you're a fan of yes, the Expanse. You do, uh, absolutely, you should also send I, me that. I don't know how that one's going to go. That's got like a real noir vibe. I don't know what system it's in. Um, but just, you know, mm. having seen the show, read the books and stuff, like that's obviously what they're going for. Um, yeah. I don't have a group that plays RPGs seriously. Like my, my, my campaign has serious moments, but it's much more like Dimension 20 at the moment. Like Shark and a mm -hmm. Test, it's very lighthearted. Um, until it's serious, I would love. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a lot of murder hoboing going around. <laughs> um, but there, hobos are bad. Like murder debutantes, like dilettantes. There, there's a bunch of rich folks, so there's bad people. <laughs> I guess if you really want to break it down. <laughs> rich brat. Exactly. Uh, but uh, so like if you want to do like a noir type space game, I'm totally down. Something that is dialogue heavy. Less combat is easier to do over the internet, over the phone. So let me know. Um, anyways, moving on to uh, supplement of the games and supplements quarter. Let's talk about the new Tiamat statue. Um, people are loving this thing. This is the second one to come out in a few years from Wizards of the Coast. Their official Tiamat one. This one's almost over 30 inches wide. 28 inches oh. tall um if you don't yeah, know huge. yeah this thing is gigantic um tiamat this is then this is a statue this isn't like their minifig that'll go along with the game this is an actual like statue to put out tiamat's one of the more popular ones because uh i mean always been a big deal she's the mother of dragons like the the god that, that they come from and has multiple heads with different you know fire breathing abilities or element breathing abilities um but she was also the main antagonist of like the first arc of fifth edition so like the first books that came out all built up to fighting tiamat 
So a lot of people that first jumped into this edition are very familiar when otherwise you would know things about like Strahd or Vecna kind of thing. Um, so Tiamat, this generation really got her due. So seeing them put out just a statue as like a sideshow collectible type thing is pretty neat. This thing is fucking expensive though. Like I thought the minifigure was expensive. It was like a couple hundred bucks. The statue is $2,000. Wait, wait, two th- Okay. I was like, like, what did you expect? It's a huge statue, but 2000 seems a bit excessive. Sorry. I mean, there's a lot of, ar- uh, I was going to say articulation. There's a lot of detail put in. No art- articulation. It's a statue. Um, but there's a lot of detail put into it. The painting looks really good um it looks like one of those statues where you kind of like it comes in multiple pieces and you kind of put it back together type thing um i have a couple of friends like i do action figures a lot of my friends do specific like statues from anime and stuff and some of those pieces are extremely expensive just because of how much work goes into it and like what they pay their sculptors like sculptors are paid pretty well when it comes to these things so that's and like yeah. i guess it's like the material something about the fact that they can break super easily makes people want to pay more money it's the exact opposite <laughs> to be like i'll pay a lot for an action figure because like i can move it and shit but like a statue like it just has to sit there two thousand dollars okay i guess not for me but people who love tiamat love wizards of the coast love dungeons and dragons uh love really mean dragon ladies you can uh you can pick up this for two thousand dollars you can pre-order it can't even buy it yet but it's there if you want it. Um, you two going to run out and pick up the new Tiamat statue? What do I look like? I'm made of money? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, then I'll just buy it just to fit into that. Then. Perfect. Perfect. You can also <laughs> buy, uh, while we're on the items, it's not on the, the run of show, but you can buy the Box of Doom if you're a Dimension 20 fan, which is a dice mm. tower that they use for their big moments on Dimension 20. Um, you can buy the replicas. Now, you can buy the original too. It got auctioned off, but you can buy the replica now. It's like two hundred bucks. No, one hundred and fifty bucks. So a little bit more affordable than Tiamat. Yeah, just a little bit. So just head like over. Yeah. yeah, if you want to buy it for us, um, you can pledge. I'll give you an extra shout out. I'll, <laughs> I'll say your name every time I roll in the box of doom. I'll name it whoever's <laughs> box of doom. Um, it's, it's, you can go to the dropout TV uh, slash store, I think, to buy it. So you just let me know if you're a big fan. <laughs> Box of Doom. Uh, I can't afford it because I buy all these fucking books that we read about on here. So, uh, no money there. Uh, and we're buying books for the company with the company funds now. So we can't even like can't even embezzle from there and buy the fucking Box of Doom for myself. Couldn't do it if I wanted to. Damn it um anyways moving on the rorschach test inspired this dark cyber dystopian tabletop rbg i'm going to tell you i'm going into this blind this comes from alex mian over at uh dice breaker um daily uh daily dread is an upcoming tabletop rpg that's inspired by psychology behind the rorschach test um the new tabletop rpg takes place in a pre-apocalyptic dystopian italy in which people live and suffer under the regime of the millites liberta daily dread to male i can't even pronounce that one it starts with a q has players becoming a part of the broken wings a sect of society who refuses to bow down to the regime through small acts of aggression the authority of freedom the propaganda fueled name of the regime gradually invades people's lives and forces them to submit to their control now i know nothing about this game but i love the down with the patriarchy vibes it's giving me um the anti-fascist movement is now here in our ttrpgs like actively we've always played it but it's 
the entire point of this game and i'm into it i have a lot of friends uh that live in italy a lot of the artists i work with for my comic books come out of italy um and there's not a big ttrpg like space there so it's really cool to see um some expansions there and that's just like a super unique vibe this is giving off it's like blade runner if people didn't want to just buy from the uh corporations making robots i'm i'm really digging this uh i need to learn more about the system because with my luck this is going to be empowered by the apocalypse i just like can feel it any thoughts i mean (laughs) got real quiet i mean it looks i'm looking at the art and stuff it looks very apocalyptic it's not my vibe i'm not really a cyberpunk kind of person that just doesn't really fit in with it but i do like the premise of an entire rpg being inspired by psychology and the rorschach test i think that's a really interesting concept yeah um the the duo that's creating this zeus longi and danielle fusetto uh they've made a couple other games and rules light rpg little katie's tea party which i have heard of um but also uh blades in the dark which is another italian game if you don't know we've talked about blades in the dark here i really like that system which gives me a lot of hope for this i didn't know it was coming from that same pedigree so i'm excited about this i'm gonna back that it's not expensive at all uh 18 euros so um i think you can get just a pdf version for eight as well so maybe do it maybe do it do it do it do it just do it or buy us the box of doom like you know pick one that's fine don't (laughs) buy us the statue though because like my kids are gonna break that shit like i don't i i don't buy myself nice things it was so funny my uh my kids were asking like why i don't have a lot of stuff i have a few action figures i keep on a shelf that my son plays with now (laughs) so like i don't even have those they're like how come you don't have a lot of stuff and i was like well my sister burned all my toys when i was a child story for a different time and because i had kids i just don't buy myself Mm -hmm. nice things that aren't digital they'll get destroyed and he was like oh i don't mean to i was like exactly you don't mean to and i love you i'm not mad at you for breaking my stuff but i daddy just doesn't buy himself nice things for that reason and then my wife immediately spilled water on a bunch of our books (laughs) (laughs) i was like say i swear to god my sentence ended and she did it and she goes and also mom lives here <laughs> I mean, she's more accident prone with drinks than I am. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like everyone like talks about like I have a rule at our at our table that I've I've amended, I've allowed because you guys have been really good, but I used to not allow any sort of drinks at our uh gaming table, which is hard. Yeah, like you're there all night, like it's fair, but it's hard to do. And I amended it because I'm like we we are back to playing D&D for like 5 hours straight, you know, like you got to have something to drink nearby. But my wife is yeah. the reason why that rule was made. It had nothing to do with any Anybody I played games with, it was just her. Uh, Ruby Red Squirt and like, and you know, all of my D and D manuals. <laughs> Anyways, well, I, can't, I can't imagine our game without our cool personalized mugs. I love them so much. It's my favorite thing. And like, I just want you to know this is good to get like little um, um, sappy because we haven't been playing as much. I don't get to see you guys as much. I drink out of everyone's mugs like once a, like I rotate through the week because I miss you guys. Um, except uh-huh. for our buddy John because he refuses to leave his mug here because um, he's a coward. Rude. But everybody else i miss a lot so i drink from your mugs oh well you so you drink from a mug that says daddy's little girl (laughs) i i do and then the the other one it's uh it's brendan frazier and it says the mummy Uh, i think you mean daddy um that's the other one and then we have a cute little one with a faux dragon on it um or a pseudo dragon it's adorable um 
So this one's another one that I picked out just because of the words and the title. Final Fantasy XIV meets D&D and Lancer in Tabletop RPG Beacon. I love all of the words that it said uh, immensely. Lancer is one of my other favorite RPGs. It's big mech robots and they fight each other which can't beat that. And it's got really, really, really good combat. The world itself, not really a fan of, but it's kind of like a loose adaptation of our world in the future, but with giant robots. Uh, but the combat's really good. This comes from Matthew, Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker. A new indie RPG looks to combine a world and characters inspired by popular MMO Final Fantasy XIV with gameplay that harkens back to Dungeons and Dragons 4th edition and tactical crunch of the mech game Lancer. Now, if you don't know, 4th edition, way crunchier, is basically like playing an MMO. You had like your striker class and you had your um, tank class and then you had a healer. And it worked really, really well for people coming off WoW. Did not work well for the people who wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, sadly. Um, So this is cool if you like that miniature combat. Uh, I'm just looking through some of the rules they have up here. Um, It's got the flexible job system from Final Fantasy XIV. So, like, if you don't know, like, the Final Fantasy roles, like, you can move from being a warrior or a wizard. You have your job. That's kind of like your class. Um, But you can kind of customize it to make it specific. So you can be a warrior, but maybe you want to rock a... Instead of a katana, you want to do a spear, so you move towards their dragoon class, which is still within the warrior. It's kind of like subclasses, but you're just moving it around a little bit to customize, um, which is pretty neat. All of the stuff I'm seeing for their combat looks really, really good. Uh, They're pulling heavily from 4E and Lancer, uh, which is a really good idea. Um, and then they're, yeah, of course they are, using Powered by the Apocalypse system um, for a lot of the roleplay stuff. <laughs> Man, they just want to break me. So they lost me at the Powered by the Apocalypse stuff, but it's still a really exciting game. I'm going to link the Kickstarter. Um, if you want to check it out, I'm trying to see the, the creator's name, Tim Gonzalez. Um, high fantasy TTRPG, customizable characters, tactical combat, and uh, the only thing that they're advertising right now is Beacon. So I don't know what their pedigree is, but it still it looks cool. I love the art for it. I love everything but the Powered by the Apocalypse stuff. There's other games, guys. Come on. Try Cortex. <laughs> Stop trying to make Cortex happen. <laughs> we got a whole story about happen. it coming up here in a second. But uh, <laughs> I know you two are not big into the combat of D&D, especially 4th edition and the super crunchy stuff from Lancer. Do you care at all about Beacon? <laughs> Do any of the words? Well, I know I, you don't, not Final Fantasy like fans. Like, <laughs> Well, I've never played 4th edition, so I can't even say whether I like it or not because mm-hmm. I've never played it. So I'm not necessarily not a fan of D&D combat. I just don't like when D&D combat goes for more like an hour and a half yeah it definitely does and it's it's very mmo like so like you have cooldowns for certain moves and like it rotates through like there really is like an optimal like there's always been an optimal move you're playing with with dice and numbers and stuff right but like very specifically it's like just like playing wow you should use your main strike first turn next turn use your buff um next turn use your super move so the cooldown come back around by the end of combat like it's so regulated formulaic and again video gamey um that it really takes away from the fantasy of it all uh Uh. and playing theater of the mind in fourth edition is next to impossible okay same with lancer obviously but I'm into, like, combat to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do a whole lot about combat, or, like, we don't focus on combat in most of my games, which is fine, because I also like the character 
aspect of it. Right. Uh, but I, I mean, I started off with melee characters for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking for a third for our next Lancer campaign. So maybe... I'd be interested. Heck yes. Because, we, like, it's hard because a lot of our other players, Char's a great example. Char likes playing. Char likes combat. But if I said this game that's mostly combat, Char would be like, peace. <laughs> it's giant combat and just robots. And she's like, fuck you. <laughs> there's that's no there's no elves, you know? Yeah, where are the elves? There's are there no robot elves. elves? I guess. I mean, my mech has, has pointy ears, but it's more of an aesthetic thing. It's not really... I mean, I'm usually about aesthetics, but yes, I, I, <laughs> combat is a good supplement to my role-playing style, but it's not. It's not the main course for you? It's not the main course for me, but that's just me. Well, I'm going to back Beacon, and I will let you know what it plays like. Um, I'm not as excited as I was about um, the cyborg RPG thing in space the rorschach mm -hmm. test one um but i'm still mm -hmm. excited i'll check it out for sure um moving on we have uh this this other terminator inspired cyborg rpg supplement but this is for fifth edition so for all the fifth edition stands you can check this out um yeah. it's called timescape um and it allows you to evade a deadly robot killer in order to complete their mission of assassinating an evil ceo very terminator vibes coming off this um if you don't know you know there was that guy sent from the future back to the past to kill john connor except he's not a guy it's arnold schwarzenegger and he's a terminator uh and he's sent killer. back to kill john connor to ensure that he doesn't become a general in the human's army and to make sure that skynet can overthrow the humans this is basically that if you were trying to go back in time and kill the ceo um mm. so i'm not going to get super in depth here because it is a lot of uh proper nouns a lot of random years like it takes place in the year 20x3 um, <laughs> and as punks you're the cyborgs uh going back to take out assassinate ronald havlar reagan the third a wealthy ceo whose greed would lead to the terrible future they want to prevent i love this so much <laughs> i don't know anything about it but i want to play that um it comes from mork borg um uh so uh if, if you know who that is i just like saying the name lissa am i saying that correctly I uh i think it's merk 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 borg uh yeah because it's the umlaut over the o right you explained to me yeah. that it's an er sound except Except I'm not Swedish, so Ugh. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. Because I'm Fuck. pronounced that like I'm a Finnish person. Because right. I am a Finnish person. Wait, you're Finnish? I didn't know. You want to talk uh, about yeah. that sometime? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, my home is where my, Terry, my home is where my laptop is. We don't need to talk about <laughs> that. That is still, like, that's got to be, we got to put that on, like, a business card for you. My home is where my laptop is. I love it so much. Um but uh Merkborg uh, has made stuff uh, such as Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die, and Nativity in Black. Nativity in Black um, what, like won a lot of awards. So coming from an interesting pedigree, um, Josh Dunham, also known as Astrolich, is another um, uh, designer there. So yeah, check that out. Uh, the Kickstarter goes live September 19th, but I'll still put the link to it. And it looks like you can pick up a physical copy for 20 bucks or $12 for the PDF, which is pretty affordable when it comes to these supplements. You've heard us range some serious uh, um, different pricing there. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to check that out. I don't know uh, if I'll purchase that one. I don't have a big sci-fi group. Um, and you heard Char say fuck sci-fi earlier. She didn't say it in those words, but you knew what she meant. Fuck robots. Fuck robots. <laughs> fuck evil CEOs, <laughs> though, man. You get to be the cyborg and go back and kill them. And remember, like, cyborgs are not robots. They're half robots. The other half is human. But what whatever happened? I want to be a robot, baby. <laughs> In video games, sure. So Lissa and I have this thing where she'll sometimes watch me play Fallout, and then I'll have a robot companion, and then we'll just go back and forth for hours saying, "I want to be a robot, baby." <laughs> Well, so, like, I like it in Fallout, and I like it in video games, but as for, like, TTRPGs, again, I'm a fantasy bitch, or, like, maybe go- I might dive into, like, more, like, I've played Call of Cthulhu, so, like, maybe that vibe or, like, a gothic. So, like, a horror vibe. Gothic. So, it's like, you like you like chocolate in your peanut butter when it comes to the horror, but, like, keep that caramel out of here when it comes to the, the sci-fi. Yes, except replace peanut butter with caramel because I like caramel better than peanut butter. As you should. As you should. Caramel's amazing. Yeah. Uh, which is just burnt sugar, but I don't care. I don't give a shit. Tastes who, great. Who gives a shit? Great. I had somebody point out to me. They're like, it's lunch. just burnt sugar. I'm like, bitch, like, I don't know. Like, get out of here. Um, That was my mom, by the way. But uh, still. Get out of here. And also, we <laughs> pronounce it wrong in the Midwest, and that's totally fine with me. I don't, I don't care. Caramel? caramel and i've been corrected on that so much not only in the states but when i went abroad everybody's like don't you mean caramel and i'm like no i fucking mean caramel you know what i mean get out of my face i my rule is like (laughs) i get really mad when people talk about like they always say broken english too which is really offensive like any any sort of i hate it so much and you hear it so often but like a pigeon english like uh like just people that are working their way through a language i've never understood the critiquing and i'm i i wouldn't say i'm a pedant i'm more semantics than anything um but I hate when people understand what you're saying and still want to correct yes. you. Like, actually, it's this. I'm like, actually, you knew exactly what it was because you were able to correct mm-hmm. me. So go fall you're in a hole. Being an you're just being an asshole. I used to be that kind of person who would correct, like, oh, it's not you and me, it's you and I in, like, high school. And then I realized in college, oh, I knew what they meant. Um, that's I what was matters. just being a dick. Yeah, like yeah. that's I I throw fits about that often. Like a lot of times, like, we do edits and stuff, and you're like, I'm gonna incorporate these edits. I'm like, no, tell them to go fuck themselves. They know exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just like the whole like editing the site. And I'm like, fuck that. Like they're not giving us money. Why do you care? Like I. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's really helpful when it comes to like editing my own stuff like when it comes to like comic books like i have really good editors i work with um and they'll send me stuff they're like well this is more of a matter of opinion then i'm like good fuck it then like <laughs> i don't care like <laughs> it doesn't affect me at all people still bought it cool that's what i care um but anyways so uh i know you don't like when i talk about cortex so let's get two stories out of the way about cortex um so if you don't know i love cortex it's a great system that was created by margaret weiss and company um for marvel heroic which was uh you know marvel superheroes game in the 2000s um since then cortex has blown up different designers are involved now and it they made like a general system so like a toolkit to make your own games so you had people buying cortex to do whatever they wanted with it but you also had people licensing it for their own products um it was bought by fandom and fandom 
is having a complete meltdown right now. So they sold off the Cortex license and everything else piecemeal. So I, the reason why I'm saying it, like, I don't know, exactly know what's going on is because I don't exactly know what's going on. I tried finding out. Um, I don't really know where the core lies of Cortex, like where the actual rights to the base game, the general game that you can purchase are at. I think it reverts back to the original designers. I don't know. But when it comes to everything else, like all the different games that are being designed with Cortex, so like the Dragon Prince game or the new He-Man RPG, those are going off to other places. And they're not just like the places of the people that made it either, which is kind of scary. Um, but so let's jump into the stories. That was just a, a preamble. First up, Cortex has indefinitely paused development of the He-Man RPG Legends of Grayscale, uh, Grayskull after sale to Dire Wolf Digital, which um, kind of sucks because people were super duper pumped about this. Specifically, this is another old Hasbro brand. People, or it might have been Mattel originally, I don't remember, but another toy brand like think Power Rangers or Transformers that was going to get its own RPG, but it wasn't coming from. Um, I forget the name of the studio, Cryptozoic maybe? Um, Renegade Studios, that's what it was, that kind of botched the Power Rangers book as well as the Transformers book and a G.I. Joe book um, that you've probably heard me complain if you listen to the show about. Um, so people were excited it was coming from another place, plus we all stand Cortex, even you two who aren't saying anything, you take the silence as a green. So we were very excited about this game if you were a He-Man fan, and now it looks like it's probably never going to become uh, uh, an actual game. It's now vaporware. Um, tabletop studio Cortex Roleplaying has reportedly stopped development on the game as a consequence of former parent company Fandom selling Cortex to Direwolf Digital. Uh, Fandom spokesperson to, uh, told Dicebreaker via email that the process of transferring ownership between the two companies meant that Cortex team did not have the resources to work actively on Legends of Grace skull and fit a release date that had already been delayed beyond its original 2021 timeline the announcement video for the rpg has been privated uh though a sign up page still exists on a website dedicated to the now defunct game so you could still sign up to possibly buy this someday but it's probably gone you know only good things happen when um companies are sold off. i know right when you have corporate consolidation we as consumers win right like that's yeah look at <laughs> yeah that's what at, that's what we're learning let's uh, look at hbo max only good things are happening there right while the spokesperson did not permanently shut the door on the future where players might embody their favorite he-man universe character master of the universe come on you missed the chance for the analogy never say never they told dicebreaker cortex is choosing to allocate its time and resources to the impen uh, impending tales of zadia expansions the sunfire chronicle which you don't know if you don't know that's the dragon prince game coming out um hold on one second i have a small child next to me what's up bud you want to play Pokemon? Let me finish recording and we'll play Pokemon afterwards, okay? okay. All right. <laughs> I understand you just really want to play Pokemon. <laughs> okay. I, I love my son. He's so cool. He just really wants to play Let's Go Eevee. He's been having a blast. When we first got Aww. it, he was like, I don't know, Dad. Pokemon's not really my thing. And now it's all he thinks about at night. Like <laughs> He just brings it up. <laughs> It's so cute. In, like, a span of, like, I think a week, we only have, like, maybe 30 Pokemon left to catch. Like, we've marathoned our way through an entire RPG. It's it's so cool, and I love him so much, but he does have a bad habit of when we're doing something else, and I say, we can't play Pokemon right now, just looking at me and going, Dad, can we play Pokemon? <laughs> uh, very one-track mind at the moment, but that's okay. He goes back to school tomorrow, <laughs> and I know he's going to ask his teacher if they can just play Pokemon. Uh, um, i hope they say yes i hope so too like good for him like <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so if you don't know, the people that purchase Cortex, um, they handle Dune Imperium, um, which uh, and the new Clank series uh, that we are going to talk about here in a moment. So uh, uh, I'm excited. This is a company that can support Cortex and help it grow. I'm not excited because of corporate consolidation and the fact that they're pausing games, which means they're probably laying off people, which means they're probably going, hey, we like your stuff that you own, not you. And I, mm-hmm. I, that's just me commenting. That's not a guarantee. That's what it sounds like, though. Am I wrong here? No. You're, I mean, I think we've all seen enough in our lifetime of corporate consolidation, especially with gaming studios mm-hmm. like and TTRPGs and video games and stuff. Like, whenever something is paused, it's usually because of some, like, some people are losing their jobs. And it's, it sucks. It just, it flat out sucks. I don't really know what to say other than that. And it's a stupid move usually. And it never turns out well. So, like, it's okay to have, like, a little bit of hope because you're excited to see the product. But also, you got to tamper expectations when stuff like this happens. Yeah. And like I said, like, I'm excited about the other game they're coming out. It's cool they're saying, hey, we're going to focus on this right now. But it lends me to believe a little bit that they're like, hey, we're not going to have the same support we had when we were at Cortex. Or Fandom, rather. Um, now that we're going to uh, Direwolf. But Direwolf is a good company from all intents and purposes. People like Dune Imperium are excited about that. Um, and Clank. Uh, and uh, moving on to the next story, um, they bought this mostly for the Dragon Prince game, uh, it seems. Uh, Direwolf Digital has acquired the Tales of Zadia license alongside the Cortex Studio itself that made it. Um, and they're going to put out the supplements that they've already guaranteed. Um, they're also the publisher behind the Pokemon TCG Online and Clank. Previous owner fandom sold Cortex for an undisclosed amount of money as part of the company's full divestment from the tabletop industry. Fandom was like, we're getting the fuck out. Um, I think they mostly invested when Critical Role was on its rise and saw that uh, mm. people don't play Cortex with millions of Twitch streamers watching. <laughs> um, and uh, we're like, well, damn, I thought we we had uh, Critical Role. And they were like, we never said that. That's Critical Role, um, as most companies are wont to do. Uh, it, this sucks for a lot of the people at the Cortex studio specifically. I like a lot of the people over there and i love the system um they're the company if you don't remember we talked about how they kind of botched putting out like the rules on what their license can do so you could buy the game and they said it's an open license you can do what you want and then later kind of re-edited some things and it sounded like they owned all of your products Uh, um and they were like no 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 that's not what we meant even though you all legally bought it we could say that we could do that we're not going to we're gonna reprint everything and say hey no, here are is the actual wording. You own your yeah. stuff, we don't. And they didn't have to. And I respect that a lot. And uh, I respect a lot about the game and the tumultuous stuff they've gone through while working with Margaret Weiss in the past. And mm-hmm. she's got her own trouble history that you've talked about on Slavily Trolls and stuff. Like, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of baggage there when it comes to this corporation. It seems like they cannot catch a break. So who knows? Maybe Digital Wolf um, or... Uh, Direwolf Digital will be their saving grace. Um, 
Uh, let me give you the one quote they have on the Zadia. We always knew the world of Zadia was too big to be explored through one series alone, and crafting Tales of Zadia alongside the Cortex team at Phantom has been a dream come true, said Justin Santastevan, Wonderstorm's president and co-founder. We're excited to embark on a new chapter with Direwolf Digital. Their experience and passion for tabletop games assures us Zadia is in good hands, and that Sunfire Chronicle will continue to engage and delight fans of the original TTRPG. Which I love that they say that stuff. Like, oh, the original. I'm like, that's not even out yet bro like you're you're talking about like how much you want to excite the fans of the original game when the expansion comes out and i'm like i don't even know if i am a fan of the original game yet um but yeah so corporate consolidation boo uh i like that my one of my favorite games is owned by a company that likes games so um that gives me some hope i am worried for the team a little bit but I am not going to throw stones until I know for sure uh, that ship is going to be coming to conquer me. My analogy got lost a little bit, but I'm still going to throw stones at some point. That's all I really want everyone to take away from this. Yeah. Yeah. It really depends on how well they make do with the decisions that they've made and how much it lives up to expectations. And I think that'll be what determines their fate 100 percent, and like there's part of me that's kind of happy that they're pausing the the gray skull game so one of the things that we talked about earlier on in this show not this episode but this show is in general when i talked about the power ranger game a lot of what that came out of was because hasbro gave renegade studios this license was like you're gonna make power rangers you're gonna make gi joe you're gonna make transformers they're gonna be out this week and they're like well fuck <laughs> okay i guess we gotta do that and everything was rushed so none of those products lived up to what they could have been with all the massive talent and awesome uh ip behind them and a lot of that was just like rush to sale now the idea that they're like hey we're gonna focus on tales of zadia first and then maybe we'll go back to grayskull um so and that's that's a smart business move it's a good idea to give the designers a break i hope it was made for the right reasons so like there's that part of me that goes hey maybe this is a good thing um Mm -hmm. but i i Reserve the right to, to hold judgment. Um, and I know you two are big fans of Cortex, so I know you'll be right there with me uh, at the edge of your seats oh, okay. as this develops. Uh, <laughs> One of my uh, favorite systems. Exactly, exactly. Uh, moving on, the Wastes of Chaos uh, enter the 5E Borderlands, wield chaos magic, battle the Black Goat Cult, and seize ancient treasure, new races, spells, and monsters for every 5th edition game. Huh, joke's on you, Cobalt Press. We're moving to 1D&D, right? Woo-hoo! Uh, but, like, probably not, though. <laughs> I mean, anyone who's listened to our podcast knows all of our gripes about it. So uh, what? <laughs> what gripes? I behind Wizards of the Coast. Let me just refresh my news and see if any of these come out recently. <laughs> oh wait, fuck them. So yeah, Cobalt Press. I'll be picking up uh, Waste of Chaos. I know nothing about it. Um, it has not launched on Kickstarter. It launches later on today. But uh, listen through that uh, my way, and I was like, yeah, I'll toss that on there and see what we can add to it. Um. I like Cobalt Press, so I'm excited to see that they're doing something like that. Um, I have some information based yeah, on what I found on Twitter. It says, it's a journey into the heavy metal badlands of 5E. Fuck yeah. Play those pulpy and heroic tales of wrestling with 
insidious cults and roving bands of dust goblins. <laughs> okay, I like all the things that you said. Like it's very like Mad Maxi, um, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the Conan dark fantasy, right? Where it's like everything's like gone to shit. You're in the middle of the wastelands. You have barbarians exactly. fighting to be king. Yeah, like I like that vibe. And the aesthetics have been, like, a very sand, duny desert with, like, a big, giant skeleton of a dragon or some sort of big animal behind. There's, like, a, a, a knight or melee fighter of some sort that, like, vanishes into smoke. I mean, and... you're just saying cool shit right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, that's why it drew me, because I was like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> I, I love when you send me articles because I go, oh, should we talk about this? You're like, oh, I know nothing about it, but it looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gauge my interest to it based on what it looks like and how other people react to it. Because I'm new to this, so like I can't judge, make a judgment call on anything. So like I'll I'll throw things at you, see what sticks. If you get excited about it, I'm like, yeah, you know. Right. And you know, I mean, I'm easily excited. I, I do the same thing. I put several articles on here. I'm like, I like the words they said. I don't know anything about this RPG. I should, what I'm going to do from now on, I'm going to do a control F for Powered by the Apocalypse to gauge my expectations on the system, though. Um, yeah. I really, I kind of want to run a Powered by Apocalypse thing to see if you two love it or hate it as much as I do. Because, um, again, objectively, it's a system that works. People really enjoy it. Um, I don't think many people dislike it as much as I do. I don't yeah. dislike it because I think it's a bad game. I dislike it for my own personal preferences in games. I want to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Every week I say I don't like this game, and I want people to go play it if they like it. There's some really awesome games used and powered by the uh, Apocalypse. The Avatar game, Thirsty Sword Lesbians. It's cool shit, just not for me. Um, but anyways, moving on to really important shit, let's talk about the Hadozi shit show. Um, where should we start this story? I guess in the timeline, go back to 1989 and the first release of Spelljammer. And, uh, <laughs> uh maybe. Cause, but the thing yeah. is, is like, if we do that, there was more than one racist thing in, in Spelljammer yeah. and way than one more than just racism when it comes I to mean, the problematic behaviors of Spelljammer. If we start Jammer. with a TLDR of what <laughs> right? the material, the, what the material is, and then we skip forward in time to now. And the re-release of Spelljammer. Yeah, I mean, like, you'd understand why we're so disappointed. So when Spelljammer released, there's a lot of issues with it. But they added space travel to, yeah, again, that peanut butter and chocolate thing. They added space travel to your D&D. &D so you could get on uh, a flying, you know, pirate ship, basically, and go to space. And go to different worlds and connecting the different settings of D&D. &D. It's a cool idea. They also threw out a lot of racist species in space. And were like, yeah, this is cool too, right? One of those they called Deck Apes. Um, later named Hadozi, and it was a sentient group of monkey people that were first enslaved by a wizard, enhanced in their sentience as well as their pain toleration, which is a, a huge negative stereotype that's in all sorts of shit when it comes to the slave trade of black people. And then they characterized them as all sorts of other terrible stereotypes um and then they were liberated by elves and they decided to serve them um they really just like being subservient and useful and entertaining them which is, if you don't know there's a million issues in everything that i just said um and that came out in 1989 it was not okay then 
Uh, I'm not trying to say, oh, it was a different time. No, no, no. It was still fucked up then. But you would have thought we moved past that. Wizards of the Coast had its own controversy just around re- releasing Spelljammer, which we've covered on this show. You've covered on Slavenly Trolls. Um, we don't need to get into it hugely on that aspect, but they were going to re-release Spelljammer. It caused a bunch of issues, but at least they were going to update it, right? Wrong. Yeah. They did not update it. Um, in fact, they mostly just removed content and changed some of the rules to fit 5th edition. Um, I have my own critiques of paying $70 for this book when I paid $20 for it when I was a kid. And uh, it is basically the same book with less shit in it, um, as well as all the same racist shit in it. Um, and that's a big issue. They put it in there. They just updated the artwork. The racist artwork and caricatures are just prettier. I guess um, is really what it comes down to. If it sounds like I'm reducing it, I am not. That is the crux of the situation. Can you two help me out? Fill in any blanks that I have, anything that you want to add to it, please have at it. I'm just angry. You should, I mean, you should be angry, but I think if we don't have enough time to get into like the greater context of like where Hadozi stemmed from and where they are now. And so I want to direct our listeners to the three black halflings Thank because you. they they one have a much like stronger connection to this topic and give insight that is very, very important, specifically to the 3.5 edition to Hadozi and um, the origins there. And I believe they recently recorded an episode specifically about this controversy. I don't know if it's out yet or if it'll be out at the yeah. time this episode premieres, but mm-hmm. do be on the lookout for it. Um, the I think it's going to be Jeremy Cobb is going to be talking about it, and he's brought on two guest hosts because um, the other two Black Halflings have some of the projects going on. Mm-hmm. So keep, keep an eye out for that if you want the greater context. Um, but from what I understand, the, yeah, so the artwork – this all kind of stemmed from a tweet that I found on my timeline by a user with a handle at Kendo Makes Films. I think a couple of other people were talking about it as well, but I think this tweet gained the most traction. Okay. And uh, it had screenshots of the D&D Beyond version of the Hadozi, and um, people added to the thread and talked about not only the art but in the new version of Spelljammer they revised the Hadozi lore and they still had that they were created by a wizard to be subservient but I believe they changed it to them overthrowing that wizard and then becoming their like their own bosses Mm -hmm. which is quote better yeah quote sure it's not it does not fix everything and i think and that then, episode is live i don't i don't want to interrupt keep going i, I just okay, that's double good, checking that's good, that's yeah good. perfect i wasn't sure on the we'll link it here it. yeah perf, perf, perf. yeah so um and then people were adding to the thread you know saying how like yeah sure it's better but like it's still bad like why would you even include it especially with the art and there are three main art pieces with the hadozi on dnd beyond and i'm assuming also the Spelljammer book i have yet to purchase the Spelljammer book so I don't know if they're in it but one image in particular on the far left kind of shows a Hadozi which Carrie said they are like ape-like creatures um, in a minstrel pose which if you don't know anything about what a minstrel is it's racist it's it's the exact pose from the artwork have you seen the juxtaposition of the two yeah I have yeah it's the exact same artwork 
is the exact same artwork. It's I don't know if I don't, you know, I have a soft spot for fifth edition. I'm like, well, maybe they didn't understand. I don't. That doesn't matter. It's a possibility, right? Like, that but that's matter. that's more of a problem with the company than it is like this yeah. like individual artist. They should, but have that's still it. probably a problem. Someone should have stopped this, right? Someone should have stopped this, and it's of my opinion that, like, yeah, it's. I don't understand why they included this race at all because it has such problematic origins. Like, even if they did have a quote good intention to fix it, I don't know why they just didn't get rid of it because it has so much baggage that goes along with it and they had such an opportunity to create new races that could still fit into Spelljammer but not have any of the previous baggage that went along with it. I don't know anybody who was nostalgic for that like that was not a thing not that I know of unless you talk to the uh people who play the original games so. racists that still play D, maybe they are yeah. i guess but i i just like i i had i didn't even remember hadozi were a thing probably because of the name change right but also like just it was not a thing that i was like yeah no definitely looking forward to this in Spelljammer. and even out of ignorance i didn't i've talked to lots of people that played Spelljammer back in the day no one was excited for this race this was not a thing they were like yeah we should try to include it and update it and make this less problematic which they didn't do anyways but my point is like this is just pure laziness and if they had cultural consultants they didn't do a good job or they didn't listen to them right it's one of the two and i'm inclined to believe they just didn't um i'm inclined to believe there's a lot of people at wizards of the coast that look like me that are you know if you don't know cis white dude who are in charge of these products and are like well i don't think it's offensive i don't think it's a problem you know like they say shit like that and then just let it go and you hurt your player base you hurt a lot of people that love this game and you just have to make them deal with it because you don't care and that's the thing it's just like you don't care i i i would believe that they're trying to be offensive maybe somebody there was with this like when you look at that artwork it's hard to believe that they weren't attempting to offend people and and if it's even one step removed like corporations don't give a shit right that's just about making money so they're choosing to make money off people that are racist and it's it's just a problem it's it's just sad because they've just gotten released the radiant citadel yes which is such like a breath of fresh air for uh pocs and now with this fallback it's kind of like it's plus minus zero you're going backwards you're trying to be you're trying to create this like oh we're super supportive oh we're we want to you know encourage people of different kinds to play this game so we're being inclusive here's a book to be inclusive and then on the other hand here's the old material we kind of took a look at it but not really or we didn't care enough that somebody pointed it out to us or whatever the case why the material existed in the book they it went out there and it was published yep and that's a big fuck up for them it's it, not a big it, like people on twitter have been like pointing it out that like oh you're you're attacking like the good people of wizards of the coast who are you <laughs> know trying so hard and who are who are like trying so hard and like you know this is their job and 
they've been doing so well and i'm like yeah but they also let this happen like i'm not we're not pointing fingers at any individuals because we don't know who it's it's like a group effort and it's the company because it could have been just you know like the higher ups who were like no we don't have time like publish it now like we don't have time to get you know people to take another look at it or edit it or we don't want to because it looks fine to us like it, we don't know so yeah, as a company they are responsible and as individuals is... yeah yeah it's... this is far from the first time they've done this and they've apologized a million times we're gonna be better adventurers we're, we're gonna stop being racist adventurers oh we don't know how this yeah. happened adventurers but it keeps happening and i had this big long twitter thread and i was trying not to like blow it out of proportion but like I like Forgotten Realms for a number of reasons. It's a lot of nostalgia. I run it at my table, and I was hitting up a lot of the group. I was like, partly a joke. I was like, can we play Exalted? Can we play another game? Can we play Genesis? Like, just listen to all these other games that I love. But I'm like, but seriously, like, this is not a crack in the armor, right? This is not, like, a drop in the bucket of how shitty they're being. A lot of people are looking at it and going, why is this different? The problem is it's not. This isn't different. This is yeah. Wizards of the Coast as it's been for a while, um, and they try to get past some of these controversies from TSR and how it was before and this this uh, uh, men's club that's been building back up and this super problematic group of players are going, I miss old D&D. And I just laugh and I'm like, do you think 5th edition is wildly different? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't see it as this crazy thing where like, there's no problems at all, right? Like, how can you yeah, with something like this? Well, I have, I mean, so doing slovenly trolls has given me just a wider perspective on this mm -hmm. and i don't want to this is not an excuse this is absolutely not an excuse going to say that off the bat no, devil doesn't but, need an advocate yeah no devil does not need an advocate <laughs> that's not what we're doing here but like you were saying D, D has very 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 problematic origins tsr who is the original publisher mm -hmm. of D, &D was all white, mostly young or middle-aged men, and they have a shit ton of awful things in their early materials. You name an ism, they got it. Racism, sexism, ableism, anything. With stats. You name it. With stats. Yeah, and it's literally, <laughs> literally built into the game. And so when Wizards of the Coast obtained that, they started chipping away at all the bad things, but I think partially they, for some fucking reason, I don't know why, probably from a business standpoint, they still wanted to appeal to the old TSR gamers. And this is what that feels like to me. This, nobody who played, who fifth edition is their first edition, like me and Lissa, we didn't know who the Hadazi were. We even in our you didn't even really know Spelljammer like before you did that, right? Like I remember you talking no. about you're like, what is Spelljammer? We're gonna do an episode we on knew, it. We knew I knew because it was a meme. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that was it. So people who started D D in fourth and fifth edition, I'll say, we didn't know what Hadazi were. So they're clearly not doing this for the new generation of players. In my opinion, it feels like they just wanted to do it maybe as a callback or like an Easter egg or whatever have you to the old players. And when you do that, you are bringing with you years and years of TSR garbage nonsense, which is this. And I think it was a really bad call. And 
they shouldn't have done it and they should have just ixnayed the Hadazi full stop. They had the choice to just not do this. But they probably included it to like as an homage to the old Spelljammer. But there are so many other things that you could have made no like what is it? Flogson. That weird fucking thing that exists between universes that you have to traverse in Spelljammer ships. They got rid of that because it quote didn't make sense. But they left but this. But they kept this. It's exactly. the, with the Gith so, like, which are also have... super racist. They left out the, yeah. all the rules for, like, you mentioned the flaws. Like, they, they left out a bunch of flight rules out of the original. Yes. They left out actually a lot of stuff that, in my opinion, you kind of need to play Spelljammer. Um, yes. So you can't even say that. Exactly. It's like, well, we kept everything intact. They took out a bunch yeah. of shit that was important mechanically that isn't problematic, but they left this in. But they left this in. So I think they chose the wrong things to put as Easter eggs and put as homages. They made a really, really shit call. And it was probably like we're theorizing because they didn't have sensitivity readers or something like that. Because this would not have gone. If they had one person of color on this team, this would not have gone through. Or worse, they did and they didn't listen to them. They didn't listen. Yeah. Which and they happens just, said, just oh, as this often. Is better. You know? Like, this is better than it was, but even still, you could have just left it out. Like, when Lissa and I were looking at Spelljammer for Slovenly Trolls, like, we were noticing a bunch of issues with halflings and how racist they made halflings. Absolutely. That was. It was such a yeah. weird, super fucking weird, like, way out of left field had no idea why they made halflings awful in Spelljammer. like so like they a voice with the racism it was like ha ha funny they literally made a joke about concentration camps how do you how do you make a joke about that you know like they it's stupid and (sighs) It, the tone of voice was awful and they're just playing it off and they played it off like oh haha tongue in cheek like blah, whatever it doesn't but they took all that out right so they took out like racist halflings but again they kept this in they took out they chose not to include a lot of other stuff but they chose to include this and it is a big misstep and I hope they learn from it I don't want to denote fifth edition forever because I know that having a Having ownership over a title like D&D that comes with baggage, like, things are going to leak through. It's just part of having an old IP. But, and people are going to make mistakes, but this is a really big mistake. And I'm glad that they are being held accountable for it. And I really, really hope they learn from it. Like, I don't want to count them out just yet because of stuff like Radiant Citadel and how really good they've been with other stuff and supporting um diverse voices in the past couple of years sure they're like, getting better but that's still not the same thing as good but and if you're I, you know go ahead if Lisa. you're because because radiant citadel was run by a different um from what i understood a different person like they they took yeah. in people to write for that so that's not the the main team mm-hmm. that yeah. works those are outside writers those are outside designers game designers that they took in to make this one project now once they go away for the from this one project and you have the main team who's working on you know the the big books and if they are not inclusive if they do not have you know people from different backgrounds people who are people of color you know they don't 
then p- th- things like these are just going to slip through and it's going to keep happening mm-hmm. until you have people who are in the main team who are working on it that know what they're looking for, that know to look for you know the problematic things that aren't supposed to slip through but i don't think this is even the main team either is part of the issue again this isn't a defense this is i think the worst like partly just from a consumer perspective um because this is a lazy product as is like i'm not like when i critique the stuff about it like i the reason why i haven't been bringing up because it's not nearly as important as this but it's also it's a bad product it's overpriced they didn't update nearly anything in my opinion um from the original spell jammer when it comes to like hey let's make this work the fifth edition this was not a new book that they worked from the ground up with that main team like the team that made like tasha's hideous you know or, or tasha's yeah. uh, cauldron this is not that this is not that product i don't know it could be the exact same team but they did lazy work on this book they they copied stuff over like you said some of its easter eggs i'm sure a lot of it is just they're like oh we just copy and paste this and sell it again that's a corporate move right like there's yeah. there's that yeah. portion of it um, then I'm sure they were like, oh, just carry it over. Um, so there's that. That's why I'm like D&D as a whole. Like you said, there's no individuals necessarily. Um, there might have even been some malicious compliance, right? Like they were like, we're going to put this out as is if that's what you want. Um, yeah. The sucky thing is, is I think D&D should suffer from this. It, like I know you were saying like, oh, I don't want to count them out. I, I don't want to count them out. I'm not saying don't play D&D ever, but give your money to companies that don't do this then. Check out games like Exalted. Check out games like Genesis or Cortex. I'm going to say it. Play fucking Cortex. Go play Powered by the Apocalypse. There's awesome, cool fantasy settings that you can do. And here's the thing. I like Forgotten Realms, right? I don't include the Hadozi, but I like the Forgotten Realms. You know what you can do at your table? You could play Pathfinder rules and put it in Forgotten Realms. No one will stop you. There's no rules against it. Like So, like, I'm not saying don't ever play D&D but maybe give them less money, you know, don't reward them for this and try other games. Yeah. Give, give some of these other teams their chance to check out some of these more diverse products, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure the team that worked on radiant Citadel has their own shit, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> um, what was that game that we were really excited for? I mean, it was also fifth edition, so it's probably a bad example, but that new setting that was kind of, uh, uh, Atlantis, uh, style. We talked about it a few weeks ago. But I'll put it in the notes. But, like, there's there's other groups of people that aren't as large of a corporation with which less less problematic baggage. Sure, we can blame that it's, it's just old stuff becoming new again. Um, but there are other teams that haven't offended people, you know? And I just... Yeah. I, I don't I, I like D&D as well, but I think this is a chance to go, hey, if you found this offensive, if you do have an issue with this, go check out these other games at least. Yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, go ahead. I think, you can do, I think you can do that, and then you can also just keep holding them accountable. Like, yeah. If people did not point this out on Twitter or on, if if basically just if there wasn't this big discussion, I think mostly on Twitter, but it might have also gone outside of that. Um, like keep holding them accountable. Keep saying like what you're doing is wrong. I love your product. I want it to be good. This is not good. You can do better. And then also, yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Support, um, support freelancers. Support people mm-hmm. on DMs Guild who are making amazing supplements. Yeah, indie designers. Indie designers, a hundred percent. And I think also we should say that D and D did respond very quickly to this. Which yeah, again, we should get into the updates. Yeah, we'll get into the updates and kind of how the story not ends because I don't think there's an end to it. Just Continues yet to unfold. 
continues yeah. to unfold. So they started by, and a lot of this I found out on Twitter from an account, uh, Christian Hoffer. He writes for Comic Book. Yep. Um, and he was doing a lot of really good in-depth research and checking in on the Hadazee. And he was kind of the first person to report when the changes were happening. So his handle is at C Hoffer C Bus. And he was giving, like, miniature updates throughout the week. Um, they first removed the controversial backstory from the race. So they removed a couple of chunky paragraphs on D&D Beyond. Because, a lot of those again, specific things that we said, like the problematic stuff, said. they were just like, took yep. that out. Now they're just monkey yep, people, because, question mark? Yeah, because Wizards of the Coast owns D&D Beyond now, so they can make those changes very quickly. In um, Beyond, then, what about those PDFs on the way or the, yeah, no, the exactly. book that's, so an, that's on the, the way to my mailbox, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's obviously the big critique, though, right? But at least they started. They have D&D Beyond, so people who use D&D Beyond saw the changes right away, and then they got rid of the minstrel, um, the minstrel-like uh, illustration. That like came a little bit later, thing. right? First they removed they the, the paragraphs, the then a few hours later, the art. I think a day later, max, they removed the art. And then they put out a, uh, a response on September 2nd. So they made these changes. And then I think later that same day on September 2nd, they put out a statement um, saying that they failed. We failed our adventures and we are truly sorry. And it's basically just... People critique this apology, saying it's very baseline, and I agree with them. I think that the statement, um, I don't think we have enough time to read out the whole thing because it is a couple of pretty lengthy paragraphs, but the gist of it was, listen, we screwed up, um, and we're going to try to do better, but they're not saying how they're doing better or why specifically they fucked up. That's also the same message they put out of the other 15 other racist things that they've talked about over the last few years and other issues. It's almost verbatim the same thing. It's like, hey, we're going to do better. We failed you adventures, which is great. I'm glad you admit that you're at fault. Fix it. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I it's Actions. hard because I'm not the person who's who they offended necessarily. I am yeah. offended, but it's mm-hmm. not the same thing, right? I'm still a yeah. white dude. Like, I'm mad at them, but I'm more mad they keep doing it. But go ahead, Lisa. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off here. Yeah, no, it's actions speak louder than words, and right. if they keep letting this spillage of old TSR material keep happening, then obviously there's something fundamentally wrong in the structure of the company or the way they're doing things that you can only blame history for so long yes this lesson should have been learned by now we know how problematic the old material is it is very clearly like you know very problematic i don't know how many more times you can revamp material let go problematic things and be like ooh we're really sorry but there's something problematic in our that we didn't notice yeah. like you knew it was there it's if you're Everybody revamping does. it yeah. it's your job to get rid of you know the problematic parts and to or their... else why are why are we paying them right to their cre- to their credit and i'm not again this is not an excuse to their credit they were very fast on updating dmd beyond which was in their power to do they took out the paragraph they took out the image good good first step but as you said there are a lot there are thousands hundreds of thousands of books that are in circulation right now that have this problematic shit in it in print and that is not going to go away for they did say that future reprints would not have this they would basically match D beyond they did go on record and say any future reprints are going to have this taken out 
but you know and that is a fix but this shouldn't have happened in the first place and also the they're not saying what they're going to do to fix it they're not saying we're going to hire on more consultants or we are going to take a deeper look into a b and c they just said we're going to do better they don't get specific on any of it which yeah, donate the money that you happy. made like you made off spell gem or like off the backs of these people that you're offending donate it to the cause that actually contributes to their their success they're uplifting like do something with this that more than just yeah. oh we're sorry fuck you you already made the money off all these people that you hurt your fans that want to play this game that don't look like me that every time they have to pick a book they have to go is this going to be super fucking terrible is this going to make me feel like shit as i try to play this game i like and do something for for them with this then like i know they're a corporation and they're like well they're not a person like fuck it then like do something better then otherwise i do say don't play D because it's just benefiting the people at the top they're gonna keep hurting people that's that's the part that that i can't get past like people that want to love this game like you know like you get these people that are like they love it just as much as us and they have to wonder if they're going to be shit on inside the book i don't have to worry about that D a lot of the people at D don't have to worry about that and i i just it keeps happening it's hard for me to have any sort of sympathy for it and it's hard for me to go well like maybe they'll do better like i don't believe that anymore i don't i don't believe them i don't trust them they've done nothing to show that sure radiant citadel was awesome and that's a drop in the bucket that's one supplement and we don't know the behind the scenes i don't know how well those people were treated and i don't know how well they published that stuff would we know about it if we didn't cover the news of this game like i just it's hard for me not to just like just be so mad about it i don't you have Wizards of the Coast, which is a company. They're always going to be too big to fail. You're, they're always going to have the corporation at heart. That's nothing. I'm not saying, like, don't make money off this. But when it comes to a game like this that has such a personal stake for so many people and they keep messing up for, like this, it's hard for me not to just say, please check out these other games. And I love D&D. I play it every week. It's it's one of my favorite things. Uh and it's founded on problematic subject material, but that can only be an excuse for so long as they keep doing these things. That's why it's like, I don't like Pathfinder either. I don't like Powered by the Apocalypse, but at least when I pick up a Powered by Apocalypse book, I'm not hearing from people that I respect on the internet going, yeah, and it's shit all over me. I, I just, I, I know I keep saying the same things over again. I don't know what else to say other than I'm sorry for all the people that this fucking hurts. And in a game that I gave money to. I bought Spelljammer. Again, I paid $70 for this book. I contributed to that. I gave money to this book. Mm-hmm. And it's just hurting people. And we keep we keep saying things like, well, maybe they'll be better. Or like, they removed that thing. Fuck that. That's not enough. It's not enough. Like, you can remove that thing. It was still there. They still made money off this offensive shit. And they keep doing it. And they keep making money off of it. And... I, I don't I don't know what to do as a player other than to stop supporting them. And it's yeah. hard because like I want to cover it. I want to support like not every person there is a bad person. There's probably lots of people, probably people of color that worked on shit like this, you know? That that's their mm-hmm. livelihood. They like D&D. And it's a no-win situation, right? There's no there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. I just I don't know what to do. Can what what should 
we do as as players as people as, as some sort of voice like what do we do in this situation right i can return my book sure i can say all the stuff i want on this mic and be like hey don't do that i just i don't know what to do as a player of D, as someone who likes this game and doesn't want people to be hurt by it i i just i'm not quite sure how to follow up on some of these stories that keep coming out I, I think we need to have more conversations with the people that it hurts more than it hurts us 100 percent. yeah that's... and i i think their opinions hold a lot more because we're all like cis white people right and I, we can mm-hmm. be offended and we can see something that's problematic but at the end of the day like it does hurt us but it hurts another group of people a lot more so I think having conversations with the people that this is more directly impacting is a good start and a good place to process these because, you know, the the benefit and also the drawback of the internet is that we are becoming more ethical consumers. We're attempting to. We're attempting to. We're trying to put our money to things that we we enjoy but that also, you know, <laughs> fundamentally capitalism fucking sucks. And a lot of times business decisions are not ethical. Yeah. But that doesn't denote that we still love the system and we still love telling stories in the system. But it's, it's, it's a difficult position to be put in as a, as a fan of a game. It's just like, well, ethically, I don't know what to do. And I don't think we shouldn't be expected to know the answer right away. We should just keep having conversations, keep processing this. This is still very new information, too. So I don't think it's entirely fair on us as consumers to be like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do right here, right now. This is what I'm going to do. I think you can take time, process it, have conversations about it with people that feel similar ways, people who feel different ways, and especially people who it hurts the most. And just see what kind of solutions that you can come up with that fit with your ethics and that also hopefully will show this company that their actions have bad consequences and that they, they will be fiscally punished for this, which I think will probably be true because, again, as ethical consumers, you can't. I don't think like Spelljammer sales, if they were even like high or plateauing, they're going to plummet. Like people are right. Not buy and they didn't put a lot of money into this as clearly as we've talked about, like the other stuff that they updated in quotations from this. So it's not like exactly. we're hurting their wallet terribly when I, when I say like, Oh, I'm going to try to return my book or whatever. Yeah. Right. But yeah. like part of it too, is just the idea. It's like uh, something I bring up a lot, just like as a white dude, the least I can do is to say that I'm uncomfortable with the racism. Right. I can try to work against it. I can do as best I can, but the least I can do, the absolute least that you can do if you look like me too, is like admit that we don't know what to do to fix it. Admit that people that look like me are part of the problem, if not wholly. You know what I mean? Like it's okay to be uncomfortable. That's part of it. Because if you're not uncomfortable, if you go, well, this doesn't affect me, that's part of the issue you know yeah and that that's where i'm like no no no. you're right we should amplify those voices we should listen to them but i don't want to just be like oh it doesn't affect me that's the thing i can't i can't stand by and say that because that's how we get into these issues right there's a but there was a bunch of people and in some boardroom somewhere there was like well i don't really care about that it doesn't bother me and that was enough for the decision to happen so i just can't pretend where i'm like well it doesn't affect me i'm like no 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 it does it just 
you know, the most I can say is I'm uncomfortable and I should be. That's the least that I can do is say that I'm un- uncomfortable. That's the that's the only penance I can pay right now and I I will. You know what I mean? But I just yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Are there any other updates that we didn't cover when it comes to the timeline? The last thing I had heard is they had removed um, the the pictures and some of oh, the yeah. words of it, and then they were going to they put out the the statement. I think they put out a second statement, but it was just a an additional apology covering some of it. Um, I'm surprised they haven't removed the race entirely. I don't know. They're afraid that's it's going to break something in the back end. Uh, I know. Yeah. yeah, that's that's my biggest thing. I'm like, you you could you don't need to include this race. Like you could have made a new one or just fucking not included it at all. That's my biggest like, what the fuck moment. <laughs> like you, nobody asked for this except maybe people who were fans. Again, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure there were people. And even a lot of the people who are like, well, I don't care if it was a fan server or whatever. Like I didn't ask for that part. Like a lot of the stuff that they did ask for, it's not even included. Like I said, like they yeah. left a lot of shit. It's not a great Where's product. Where's the Floxton, fam? <laughs> Where's the Floxton? <laughs> like I, uh, there's like if I if I can try to be go back to being lighthearted somewhat. Like I was just kind of disappointed in the product as a whole from when I saw reviews out of it. That was partly yeah. why I purchased it before all this shit came out. I was like I want to go. Well, I want to compare the two. I want to see how bad it sure. is. Like I want to see if it's even yeah. worth it. So yeah. we can say to the people that do listen. I know it's a small number of the people that do listen. Like, hey, uh, if you're looking for like spelljammer rules, don't pick this up. Like it's not worth it. That kind of thing. You know, do yeah. what we yeah, can yeah, for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out this. And again, like I'm not complaining about feeling guilty. I should. White guild is the least that you can do. I stand by that, and I mean it. And I don't care if you go. Well, I didn't do anything. Fuck you. Like <laughs> we profit off the backs of people <laughs> that came before us. Yeah. And. 100%. I'm, I live my life on easy mode. doesn't matter how easy my life is, or how hard my life is. By being a straight white dude, I live my life on easy mode. And it's okay to admit that. And it's okay to say that. And you should say that. And I fucking, I'm wagging my finger. You can't see. You can't see me <laughs> wagging my finger, but I'm doing it. And I'm mad about this. Also, if somebody wants to have this Spelljammer book for free because I found out I can't return it, apparently. So <laughs> I was listening. Oh, no. I click it through. This is her going. Um, but uh, so I don't know what I can do with it. Um, yeah. uh, I'm sure somebody on Etsy will want to buy it just to see, you know, the material. Sure. And we, I guess we can donate the money or something. I just, I'm really mad about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as we should be. We're all fucking uh, pissed off and sad and annoyed. And we're... I think it's okay to say we're still processing what sure. is happening and we're still figuring out what to do in the future with the hobby that we all participate but, in every week. Like, but we we do not have the answers of what you, no. the listener should do. Like, no, and we shouldn't either. Your, like, we don't. Own, who are we to tell them? Everybody right? has their own feelings. Everybody has yeah. their own individual way to process those feelings. You will do what you need to do. If you need to go on a Twitter rant, you go on a Twitter rant. If you need to return the book or sell it off. (laughs) If you can return it. (laughs) Yeah, or donate that money once you sell it off to, like, a charity. You know, do that. Like, it's whatever makes you feel comfortable. But what you should do is listen to the people who are impacted. So listen to the new episode of the Three Black Halflings. Listen to other people of color who are, you know, weighing their opinions on Twitter, on social media. And that's how we 
we, we can't resolve the situation, but that's how we begin to process this. And that would be my recommendation. Go listen to them, but also buy those products from, again, the less problematic yeah. few, right? Like, there are other companies. Go check them out. If the, like I, I understand, like, you guys saying, like, you don't want to give up on D&D, and I, I know I'm throwing a hissy fit here. Um, I still own D&D stuff. I'll probably still play D&D. But if you are looking for alternatives, there are some awesome games. We've listed a lot of examples over this show's run, and I will continue listing examples on here. Um, Exalted came up over the week weekend on twitter people were like yeah check out this game i'm sure there's something problematic with exalted that seems to be there's problematic shit in every book but there are some cool examples of other games that you can check out you maybe use this as an opportunity uh broaden your horizons a little bit there's lots of games that allow you to roll dice with your friends um dd is not the only one if it hurts you i won't hesitate to say like there's other cool games to play and also there's cortex like you could always check out cortex like there's cool dice to play oh around God. there's tags you, you don't have to be a superhero you can do anything in cortex <laughs> you know I, I actually got one of my buddies that i have played cortex with he's he's not a big fan either and he was yelling at me about how i never plugged genesis on this podcast either um i always talk about cortex but the other system i use often is genesis it was created by fantasy flight games um and they originally for their star wars licensed games um, but it has really cool improv elements to the dice. Like, you still get that, uh, oh, I rolled a 20 because they have a triumph dice. So if you roll and you hit that, it's on D D12. But it's still really cool when you hit it and cool things happen in the improv. So it has that element of, oh, I hit the 20. Uh, a lot of people, when I say, can we play this game? They go, oh, but can I still roll a 20 in it? Because that's like that feeling that people want to capture from D&D. So daddy 20. Yeah, I get it. Like a lot of like my wife who who has to sit through me talking about all these different games, different systems, she goes, but I just like the D20. I've even talked to like some of our oh, yeah. math nerd friends who are like, oh, like I the D20 is actually not a great like spread when it comes to DCs and getting all the math uh, that I don't understand of why it's not as good of a game. But they're like, but it just feels awesome when I roll a 20. <laughs> so, it feels awesome. <laughs> It does feel awesome, uh, and then it feels like crap when you keep rolling one. But in such a cool way, you know? But like, cool uh, But yeah, go listen to people that uh, have more to say on this than deserve to be heard. We'll link some stuff in the in the, the notes and the description of this. Um, that's about it for the Hadozi. That's about it for the news. Let's talk about some BS and get the fuck out of here. Um, are you two doing anything right now other than yelling about D D. no that's pretty much <laughs> what i've been doing is just yelling about D. i'm working on i'm still i'm in the beginning phases of the new lore rewrite okay um and then tell me what that I... is soon so i can draw it suck you by Ooh, got the scoop Ooh. okay suck you by all right yeah 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 sucky bye that's one i'm gonna definitely need some prompts because all the problematic stuff that comes to mind i'm like it's just like a lot of cleavage in multiple different ways like you know gonna be showing that bubble gum if you know you know um the the v slats on the dudes like i'm just picturing ryan reynolds now with wings um just do like yeah just do like an nice. incubi mm-hmm. i mean just do like a sexy incubi honestly it's, it's hard man like it's sexy also is relative like it's hard for me to tell like you know there's no objective thing like this is sexy so like i might draw somebody do... and they're not attracted to it and then i got a, a non-canon succubi you know a formless blob that let's just do ditto that's what i was gonna say like i'll just do ditto and you can picture yeah, whatever you wings. want on it 
that's their um that's their default form is just a ditto and then when they you come upon a succubus then it goes into the form or or hear me out i just draw i we just uh pay a little extra and get a mirror put in there um because you're sexy listener unless you're you know an asexual being and then i apologize you're not sexy fuck uh again the best i can do is at least be a little bit uncomfortable uh (laughs) but cool so you got those coming out um lissa what about you you doing anything cool i'm playing a one shot on saturday yay um you're if you're a patreon listener um you you will hear about this on friday so you still have time you can watch it saturday if you are not a patreon listener and you're hearing this monday you can go check that out video on demand probably 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 the vod um what what twitch uh it's hammer of the gods podcast yes what is the name of that dm right it's a really hard name to pronounce can you uh rick yeah <laughs> you got the joke you got it uh that's for dm rick who he, listens he and i appreciate by, he likes to go by dungeon daddy rick. dungeon daddy i refuse to call him that because i'm a dungeon daddy we might have to have a dungeon daddy off i think rick uh dungeon daddy off, dungeon um, daddy off. <laughs> one of the other the people i could talk win. about uh listen <laughs> rick is a dad question mark see a father I, I do not know. I don't know either. We've talked about other D and D games. Like we've talked about a lot of TTRPG stuff, but I don't know. We like usually it's just like I comment about this old game I played in, in like the early '90s, and he's like, "Yeah, I remember that one." You know. <laughs> um. So I don't know what we'll to find out, but I actually am a father. Damn it! So some handicap there. Um. So go check out that live play. What's the pitch? What are you playing? I am playing. <laughs> I'm playing a drow. No. Drows are not elves. Drows, the, are, drows not are definitely elves. elves. It's a different Thanks vibe, if you like, but it's they're elves. They, it's in the, listen, Fuck listen, fucking, it's in the rule book, right? So it's in the rule book. Drow vibes are not elf vibes. They are not elves. Oh listen, I every vibe is an elf vibe. Who am I to argue with anything? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing a swarm keeper ranger drow. But I meant, like, what's the pitch on the game? That is a cool thing. Oh, but what is the um, game that Ocean's, you're playing? <laughs> it's Ocean's Elven, so we're oh, going to hell be yeah. uh, taking over some casino in uh, the Iron Age? The Bronze Age? Unclear. One Are you doing them. the Golden Vault? Mm, maybe. I, I have no idea. Rick is... Um, I'm going to hit up Rick and see if he already DMing. has his hands on the golden vault because then I can just steal it from him and then I don't have to pay for it instead of feeling guilty <laughs> about supporting Wizards of the Coast. I already switched, like, for, for the record, too, if like, I can put my money where my mouth is, I stopped playing Magic the Gathering for a lot of this shit. Magic the Gathering has its own super problematic issues, terrible art, racist art, lots of other things. Um, So I switched to just playing Digimon, the card game. <laughs> for my weebs out there, you can go play Digimon, the card game. It's very good. It's a very fun game very small monsters yeah. you still buy the packs you open it up you go wow shiny you know it's a good time um <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like such a good time dude it's such a good time my kids love it my wife loves wow, it i have some shiny. other friends but we have like our binders with our rare ones in it it's like it's a good time um anyways uh i'm doing that I'm getting back in digimon card game go check that out um i've been reading the walking dead is the thing that i've been doing i marathon like 70 some issues over the weekend uh 
it's very good. There's some critiques on it. I don't think it treats women very nice, but it also doesn't treat anybody very nice. Um, there's a lot of essay um, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. It's a post-apocalyptic world. So, like, I understand that that is a reality of that. It just seems like that's just the reality for the female characters, though, you know? Yeah. Um, but I had never – I didn't really watch the show. I watched, like, a few episodes of it when it first came out. I was a big fan of Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, um, his superhero book, Invincible, uh, as well as The Astounding Wolfman, his work on Spider-Man and stuff when he was at Marvel. I was a big fan of Robert Kirkman, but I just not, I'm not big into zombies. Um, I love horror stuff, but I just wasn't big into zombies. didn't want to read a zombie book. And so it just kind of fell off the radar. I was looking for something to binge. I, I wanted to read a comic book that was long. A lot of your choices when it comes to that is just superhero fare. So like you can go read, you know, 700 issues of Spider-Man. Um, but I picked up uh, The Walking Dead, and there's 190-some issues. So I've been reading that. It's a good time. Very dramatic. Um, my wife asked if there was trigger warnings. Yes, on everything you can think of i mentioned essay but everything anything you can think of any fucked up thing it happened to those poor people in the zombie apocalypse so don't read it if you are faint of heart in any way shape or form every book is just uh just a lesson in how to either break your heart or make you cringe um so if you're looking to be hurt cry a little bit before bed you can read the walking dead um i can't speak to anything past issue like 73 that's where i'm at right now but yeah i've been marathoning that might check out the show finally uh i don't know though it depends on how bad it hurts me when i get to issue 190 uh yeah so that's it for me char where can you uh where can the people find you on the internet they can find me as the best co-host of the slovenly trolls podcast where we talk about feminism and D. <laughs> <laughs> and uh where can they find the better half of the slovenly trolls whoa 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 yeah, but I'm better than the best. So. <laughs> can you Check name me. a word? Can you name a word that's better than best? I don't know words. Mega. I know words. The yeah, mega? super. The super host. Super ultra. That just makes you sound like a superhero. Ultimate. I am the superhero. Gross. Nobody likes superheroes anymore. Fuck you. I mean, tell, Mar- <laughs> tell every anyone at Marvel for that. I like superheroes. They all I suck really too. Do. Like, there's tons of racist shit in Marvel stuff. Like, <laughs> like you want to talk about me just crying every week because I'm a bad person because I give all these very large corporations money. Like Disney, pro- I could probably uh, buy a house tomorrow on the amount of money I've given Disney over the years. Christ. I, I I don't even think I'm exaggerating. Like, I just think like all of, like the, like the, so, like all the properties they buy. If you combine what I paid for that, like they bought Star Wars, right? Like I've given Star Wars yeah. shit tons of, shit tons of money. They own Marvel, giving them shit tons of money. You know, like every time they buy something else, I'm like, well, if we're lumping that all together. <laughs> uh, I can be found at running the Cave Trolls Pod on Twitter at Cave Trolls Pod. Hell yeah. Uh, and what do I also run? I run the Slumly Trolls Instagram, and I hang out on. <laughs> I. She left. Left the chat. I I my brain has stopped functioning. Um. Dude, you can join me. Mine's EXE never. Stopped. Yeah, stop. <laughs> I I hang out on my laptop wherever that is. <laughs> your home is where your laptop is. Remember. Exactly. 
Um, you can find me at Resident Stevel on Twitter or at RATF underscore pod, which is the Twitter handle for my nostalgia-based pop culture podcast, Right in the Feels, which is coming back with a new season here in a couple weeks. So keep a lookout for that. I want to plug all my cool comic book news, but none of it's official, and I've signed NDAs. So um, I can't announce anything here, but people are finally paying me to make comic books, which has been my dream. So for now, just, you know... Uh, cheer for me i guess i don't know uh or another straight white dude writing comic books so just maybe don't send good vibes right like i don't know if i deserve them yet we'll see um you know wait to reserve judgment but if you like me be happy for me i suppose um but yeah you can find me over on those places you can listen to me uh talk about dumb shit over here on the cave trolls sometimes i'll send lissa ideas for tweets and she'll go no it's a bad idea i go you're right i'm sorry um but that's it for the Cave Trolls podcast, and we're out. Now comes that special time of the podcast where we thank our Patreon producers. This month we have the Trellbot themselves, the Highlander, Chantrell Every. Thank you so much, Chantrell, for everything you do, especially monetarily. You keep the lights on, the mic's going. I just want to say thank you again from the whole network. You are our Patreon producer and the Highlander. There can be only one Chantrell. Next up for the Patreon producers, we have Jeremy Raymond. Jeremy is a newcomer, and I want to say thank you, Jeremy. It's okay that you're late to the party. It's okay that you're new. You are welcome here, especially because you wrote us a check. So, you know, you know, have at it. You're welcome to our snacks. You're welcome to the fridge. I think I saw a dog running around in the background. You know, you can go pet the dog, take it with you, whatever you want. Because, again, you paid to be here. You are a producer of the show. You keep the lights on. You keep the mics rolling. Um, you probably paid for something else that's around here that I'm unsure of. So I'm just going to say thank you again for the 10,000th time. Thank you, Jeremy Raymond.